I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Hey, you guys, and welcome back to the news du jour, a calmer space to consume the news. So fun seeing all of the Spotify raps that we have been tagged in. It is so exciting. I know most of you guys listen to us on Apple Podcasts, so it probably won't be on your Spotify, but we've been tagged in like at least five already as their number one show that you listen to on Spotify. So that just means the world to us. And we really, really appreciate you guys sharing that type of thing and tagging us and helping to spread the word about what we do. That is like the best way to grow organically as a podcast to get it recommended to somebody else from someone they know and trust. So we really appreciate each and every one of you who shares to social or tells someone about our podcast. We cannot thank you enough. And now without further ado, today's episode is really kind of piecemeal. We have like a bunch of smaller stories to go over today. All of them are pretty important, but you know, not maybe as dramatic as we've had as of late. So the temperature is coming down a little bit during this ceasefire. Let's hope it stays that way. But that said, we have a lot to go over. So let's jump into our episode. So Nikki Haley has been endorsed by the Koch Brothers group. So if you guys remember, this is a Republican mega donor group that are spending millions to try and get around Donald Trump for president. They are trying to present the Republican Party with a viable alternative to Trump, and they are throwing their weight behind Nikki Haley, notably not Ron DeSantis, who was thought to be the runner-up to Donald Trump for quite some time, but he just has not been performing when it comes to the polls, and Nikki is pulling ahead. We'll definitely keep you guys posted. And for our first longer story today, snowstorms are headed to the Northeast. So winter weather is actually already happening in what's called the interior of the Northeast United States basically not the coasts, (laughs) you know, sort of the middle area. And there's already been one fatal road accident reported already, I'm sorry to say, related to this weather. More than 40 inches of snow has been dumped across the Great Lakes area as well as upstate New York. Visibility has been very bad between the snow and the fog, so please be careful. Yesterday was also the coldest day all year for most of the East Coast on down to Florida. Stay warm out there, friends, and as always, please heed the warnings of your local officials and keep an eye on the Weather Channel. So this story kind of continues a bizarre story that we reported on a couple months ago, but another Sikh was targeted in North America. 
So remember how the literal country of Canada was accusing India of conspiring to kill a Sikh activist on Canadian soil? Well, it was kind of a big story not too long ago, just a few months ago. And now that accusation is given a lot more weight as the United States has charged an Indian man for plotting a similar killing right here in the United States. You see, there is a big community of displaced Sikhs in New York City. I think we even mentioned that in our original story about the Canadian murder. These are people who fled religious discrimination in India, to sum it up in one sentence, and immigrated to the United States. But while here and away from their homeland, they began holding community meetings and organizing around the idea of a place for Sikhs in their homeland of India. One such community leader was the apparent target of this alleged plot. He is a Sikh man who has dreams of creating an independent northern India state that is ruled by Sikhs. And obviously, the Indian government, which is primarily Hindu, is not a fan of this idea. But what's sad is killing off these few community leaders will never squash the dream that Sikhs have for freedom of religion within their homeland of India. Now, what's good about this situation versus what happened in Canada? In Canada, the murder was actually carried out and they are accusing the Indian government of conducting this murder, of plotting this murder. But here in the U.S., the plot was stopped before the man was actually harmed. It was um, sort of a spy situation where they had this person pay a U.S. spy who was, you know, trying to intervene on this plot. So long story short, they were able to stop it before it actually was carried out. I did want to tell you guys, though, that and I mentioned this when we talked about the Canadian situation, that I have been to a major Sikh landmark in India called the Golden Temple when I was studying abroad there. And it's a really special place where they feed hundreds, if not thousands of people daily. The Sikhs really believe in like combating hunger and poverty and taking care of people. They're a very, very peaceful religion. And that's why this is so tragic. Again, they feed hundreds of people every day. I even got to have a meal there and it's for free. Um, They make huge vats of rice and huge vats of lentils and this beautiful meal and everybody sits lined up in rows and it was incredibly overwhelming because it's at night and this temple's really glowy Um, and it just the whole experience was incredibly surreal. If you ever go to India, I highly recommend experiencing this and you know, if you're on your phone, check it out on Google. Just Google the Golden Temple in India. It's a really beautiful landmark. And again, the Sikh people just kind of want to be able to operate and, you know, run a state of their own so that they can feel safe because at the end of the day, they have experienced persecution within India. What's also important to note, though, is that the world is currently in a pretty precarious state, as we have talked about. And when this shit went down in Canada, it did hurt Indian-Canadian relationships. I believe diplomats were recalled and visas were revoked, things of that nature. I'm not sure how much of that remained permanent and is continuing right now, but the U.S. risks similar backlash in calling out this activity. So it's definitely 
a rocky time for this to be happening. And the Indian government may have been hoping that we were preoccupied with, you know, two giant wars going on um, and wouldn't notice something like this happening. But unfortunately for them, we did notice. And I hope it doesn't further escalate any of the other global drama that's happening. We'll keep you guys posted. And then I wanted to tell you guys about this story. So this is super interesting. A plane has now crossed the Atlantic without fossil fuels. So this to me is incredibly exciting news, you guys. The very first commercial airliner, it wasn't a commercial flight, but a commercial plane traveled across the Atlantic fueled solely by waste fats rather than fossil fuels. The flight flew from London to New York. I would definitely be nervous to make such a flight, but the plane was packed with corporate officials, government representatives, and journalists. The flight was funded by the UK Transport Department, which spent over a million British pounds making the flight possible. So they're investing a lot into this. The single flight was a million dollars. Air travel is one of the most significant pollutants to our planet, you guys. Two of the top pollutants are actually the meat industry and travel industry. And so that's just something to be aware of as you're going about your life. I am definitely someone who is trying to do everything I can to offset what's going on with our climate. And so I try and keep meat eating to a minimum. You know, I'm not vegetarian or anything like that. But if I'm debating between a cheese slice of pizza and a pepperoni, I'll go with cheese, just knowing that that type of thing does add up if we're all participating in it. And then also just being careful and selective about air travel, because that is one of the major pollutants. Now, this is a huge step in the right direction because waste fats are extremely sustainable. They're things that end up in our trash and kind of polluting our environment. So to be able to make something useful out of them would be incredible. The world is working towards what experts call jet zero or basically zero emissions from air travel. So that is a major goal for countries around the world. The White House is currently seeking to hit that goal of jet zero by 2050, but the UK is aiming to hit it by 2030, and they are pushing ahead and working extremely hard to meet that goal. It will be interesting to see where this takes us and how we plan to produce these or collect these waste fats. It's kind of things like oils and um, tallow and things like that from animal fat. So it will definitely be interesting to see how this industry, you know, grows as the demand for this grows. We'll definitely keep you guys posted on this. And lastly, today I want to end with some updates on Israel slash Gaza. Content warning here. This story involves war, racism, and torture. So I wanted to let you guys know that 12 more hostages were released Tuesday night. There are now only six children under the age of five left to be rescued and only five more hostages over the age of 80. So again, six children under the age of five, five hostages over the age of 80. 
That said, there are 134 hostages total still in the hands of Hamas, according to the New York Times. They have a really helpful... Um, it's not a graph. It's it's kind of more like a chart, but it shows um, just how many people have been handed back over to the Israeli government and when and who still remains. As we mentioned yesterday, tales of the psychological torture that these people have endured are just starting to come out and they are harrowing. Mothers and children being held in cages, a nine-year-old who will not speak above a whisper now and thought she was gone an entire year, a 12-year-old who was, who was shown video footage of the October 7th violence on repeat and then beaten when he cried. At least four people have died while being held by Hamas, according to the New York Times. The firsthand accounts from the hostages are very disturbing, and there's still over 100 people, including children and elderly, surviving in those conditions as we speak. I also want to let you guys know that today, at the time I'm recording this, so like Wednesday evening, this is the end of the ceasefire extension. So basically, leaders are meeting to discuss extending that deadline yet again. And they are working through, of course, Qatar as the intermediary. Let's hope that when the fighting does resume, that it can be more targeted against those who actually perpetrated October 7th and not the innocents stuck in between. Prior to the start of the war, the Israeli government estimated that there were about 25,000 Hamas fighters in Gaza, and they estimate to have killed 4,000 by now, which sounds like a lot, 4,000 of them dead, but that means they still have a very long way to go if they have 21,000 Hamas fighters still in hiding and firing against them. I also want to let you guys know that Chuck Schumer has penned a statement published by the New York Times on anti-Semitism. So his piece in the New York Times basically breaks down and condemns this extreme rise in anti-Semitism that we've been seeing in America and frankly around the world. He said that he felt as the highest ranking Jew in the American government, Senate minority leader, it was his responsibility to speak out on this subject. He differentiated between criticizing the Israeli government and being anti-Semitic. He explains how he himself has deep conflict with Netanyahu's government that predates October 7th and all the bloodshed that has happened since. He also condemned any Islamophobia and acts of hate towards anyone who's Arab. He called for the Israeli government to act according to international law and also called for an end to anti-Semitism around the world. And that is the news du jour. Today, I wanted to leave you guys with the quote. If you want to fly, you're going to have to give up the things that weigh you down. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. A rate and review on that platform or a shout out on social media would mean the world to us and help us to be able to keep creating the news du jour and reach more people who need a calmer space to consume the news. 
But the best way to support all of our work is to become a patron at www.patreon.com forward slash sugarfreemedia. And that is also linked in our show notes. You can follow us on social media at newsdujour.podcast on both Instagram and TikTok. You can follow my personal account at It's Annie Bowles on both platforms as well. Any little noises you may hear in the background are my rescue pup. He has a little separation anxiety and always records with me. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from... Oh, oh. oh.